0: So usually how I like to start these conversations is really uh, about the journey. And uh, it's always fun to talk about how people get to where they are. And I'm grateful when I get to talk to people, they're uh, on the verge of doing something special, right? They're they're sort of building something that will last a really long time and will impact a lot of lives. So let's kind of start maybe with your angel invest in, investor journey back when you headed to California, and then we'll go into everything that came after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think if we really want to go to the early stage of stages of that, I would go back to high school and the discovery of psychedelics in high school sort of led me down the direction of really starting to promote parties, which which when I really look back at it, that was really my first angel investing. It was the idea of, you know, paying a DJ to come and perform and to figure out how many people would buy tickets at like 10 or 20 dollars a pop and then Mm -hmm. getting a percentage of like the bar and the water and everything else that is sold there so i i I think that part of the marketing and figuring out how to scale that where we were investing in djs to come and play at these clubs really Mm -hmm. played a part in my move to california and then further kind of working in that space in the nightlife entertainment space and then you know investing in a number of I would say like I wouldn't even call them movies but things I invested in everything in my early 20s <laughs> and and I think and I think and I think what you got to do is you, you start figuring out who the bad actors are and really start listening to your intuition um I, I think sometimes we get caught up in investing in hype and we don't think it through. Um, I do believe, and people sort of sometimes don't agree with me on this but i think mm-hmm. it 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 comes down to data and metrics 50% of the time but 50% of the time it comes down to you know your gut feeling i'll give you a great example which is an example that i use all the time is when i met john stein in new york during the probably worst probably the worst economic collapse that i could imagine even worse than covid i mean i, I think if it was like Every every problem you could imagine in the financial system, from inflation to derivatives to Bernie Madoff, it was a culmination of uh, you know the the world financially coming to an end. And I heard this guy speak at TechCrunch Disrupt, and it was like, well, we're going to solve all that with robo-advisory and this idea of you know being the bank and uh, eventually mm-hmm. you know eventually being. Doing everything that an investment firm does, being a bank, not charging you big fees, right. and not speculating to bet against you if you go to a big investment bank that that has products where you're betting against the market, and you're also betting for the market to go up. so. I think when I look at Betterment, that's a situation where I used my gut feeling to say, okay, this is a person that came from the financial markets. They understand the problem with how biased things are. This is a great investment, even though probably I shouldn't be investing after I've lost so much money in the market.
0: Interesting. And that was, so that was 2009-ish, 10-ish?
1: Uh, that was 2008,
0: 2009.
1: So okay. yeah, right around 2008, 2009, we were the first investors in what I would call their Series A that was led by Bessemer. And I, I think that was really the transition point for, for me where... I went from following other people's biases Mm. and like Mm. investing based on hype to really determining, okay, this is the right investment for me because I believe in it. And this is something that I would use. Um, I think a lot of times we get caught up with investing because some influencer somewhere
0: says to do something. And I think that's the worst thing to do. In going back to, to that moment in time and, and sort of having that gut feeling, did you know at the time that that was going to sort of be a thesis going forward or a strategy going forward? Rather, you know what? It's kind of the follower mentality is it, not working out. It might work out maybe monetarily, right? You can get some wins from that, but just following the wave sometimes but feeling in your gut and kind of going with your emotions and, and liking the founder and liking the product and that sort of being enough. Do you think that sort of, how you make decisions even now coming out after that deal?
1: I think the best thing that I possibly did in my 20s was really work on my ego. And again, I'm going to move around Mm. in tangents. But I think that once I remove my personal ego of really investing in something because it was going to maybe that whole that even we see it in the social influencer world now it's it's that it's that high you get of being popular to be Mm -hmm. totally candid with you when i when i started rainmaker which was was my subsequent fund to me taking this this ideal of only investing on the basis of frequency of energy and not in any ego I was able to see things that I believe other people d- couldn't see and again there's there's a lot of much better investors than I am but I actually started investing in kind of the most non-sexy startups possible I invested in betterment it wasn't it wasn't like let's say a Facebook or a snapchat I right. invested right. I invested in vidyard because I knew video was going going to be humongous. I invested in RideCell, which was originally Instant Cab because the founder, our job, couldn't speak really good English. He knew that there needed to be a better version of Uber for you know not just somebody that wanted to take a black car, but he mm-hmm. was driving the taxi himself. He actually came and picked me up one night. <laughs> We in San Francisco, and I mean, you're talking about a company now that's that's you know worth over a billion dollars. You know, BMW, Mercedes, Bridgestone—they've raised you know a hundred million dollars plus company. But when you met our job at YC, he wasn't that. I I even think he was in the same class as Coinbase and Equipment Share. It Mm -hmm. wasn't the sexiest startup. But but again, you you gotta believe. You gotta believe in the company you're investing in another great one, I was going through my divorce, and we funders first product at YC was divorce, uh, a company that was dealing in divorces that they were crowdfunding. for. So, huh. so it's like, I always talk about orthogonal, that element of like two things coming together that are sort of destined. When I look at our portfolio today, and a lot of people don't know this, like, we've probably added like, five to seven new companies that we haven't announced we're really digging deep to say okay this is something that is going to change the world this is going to be something that is going to revolutionize how people you know deal with their habit loops every day and mm-hmm. i think my my better thesis is how do these products empower you whether it's Silly, are we just did an investment today in a company that we think is going to wipe out the credit card industry? So again, yeah, we're looking for things where the system is rigged and mm. there are better options out there.
0: So we mentioned psychedelics a little bit, and obviously yep. we're in a revolutionary time for the space, and there's a lot going on right in the space from from startups and, and investment and legalization decriminalization there's just a, a whirlwind of things going on and, and I think the the sector is trying to find it, its footing so I, I kind of want to start there and say when did you kind of know psychedelics changed your life right and thought it could you know change other people's lives and what is sort of where are we at right now in this space Let's talk about the
1: first thing, number one thing, because I always for me, compliance and following the letter of the law is so, so important. I spoke with probably one of the biggest investment banking firms in psychedelics yesterday. Let's be very clear. Ketamine is not a psychedelic. It's a schedule three. It's Mm -hmm. it's legal, it's a disassociative, Mm -hmm. it's inherently another version of morphine. Mm -hmm. Currently, today there are Are no psychedelics, real psychedelics, whether they're botanical or synthetic, that are legal on the market. And I think it's really important to say that because a lot of people are conducting a legal activity in raising money for startup and in terms of like what they tell the public about it. And I, Mm. and I think the frustrating part for me, and this is me being really vulnerable, vulnerable is that our intentions and everything we've ever done in this space has been about the patient and the patient is me. I'm the, I'm the perfect person that is going to take these products because I've been on every other product through the pharma industry that I'm now dealing with the side effects on to get myself to a better, to a more neutralized present day person. I I think the story starts something like this. I was prescribed Ritalin in the fifth grade, you know, autism and ADHD. Uh, By the time I was 20, I was on 100 milligrams of Adderall. That is a product that is still sold today to children and adults which is very similar to a methamphetamine and you know it took me almost 20 years to realize that the drugs are really the products that the pharmaceutical industry (laughs) feeds people and ultimately it's it's a monetization of human suffering to make money off of people that are sick. And, you know, I'm not trying to bag on anybody, but I think it's really important that we, the first focal point for Jason and I, my co founder, is access. That's it. It's access. It's access to clean medicine. I think it's really, really dangerous when you have so many companies coming up with synthetic compounds where we don't know long term. What are the side effects of these products? And I think in Hawaii, just look at the GMO movement, you know, it was funny. Daria, the other day, was we were out of town for two weeks, and we pulled out the grapes and the lettuce, and they were they 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 had no mold on them. They were still they looked they looked brand new. And I I looked at Daria and I go, yeah, GMO. So again, I I, I think that it's great that we want to make everything faster, cheaper, and everything's going to come out of a lab. And I don't, I, I think that the reality of it is, and I'm not saying this to any, you know, I'm going to go back to my children. I think it's, it if, if somebody can breastfeed their child and they can give them real milk that comes from the mother that has certain nutritional value, that's right. always going to be better than, than a company that's making f- you know, fake breast milk or fake right. meat. So I, I think that when I look at what we're doing in this concept of emotional intelligence ventures and in the new standard of pharma, it's a lot bigger than psychedelics. It's it's the idea of like, what's real and what's not. And, and what that means is what actually makes you feel good and what makes you feel terrible after you
0: consume it. I, I want to go back to um, something you said, because I think it's important to distinguish clean psychedelics versus synthetic or whatever. It's. And again, I think we're all being educated here and we look to, you know, to leaders like you in the space that, to help us sort of understand the differences, right? And sort of what's what's the difference in the products that you're going to be producing versus, you know, other people in the marketplace. Can you give us a distinction of, of what that is, right? It, sort of clean, organic or psychedelics. I, again, I don't, mean-
1: I don't even know what organ- it don't, I don't works
0: anymore. I mean, it's, it's
1: like, you know, I, I go and I look at something in, in the grocery store, it says raw and it, and then on the backsides, it has all this process stuff that I can't pronounce. Um, you know, we, we've, you've been with me in Hawaii. You've seen me on this journey. I, I think it's an element of just clean food, clean medicine products where we understand Understand what we're putting in our body. Uh, I do believe one of the bets that we're making that a lot of people laugh about is quantum science. I believe mm-hmm. that after traveling all over these islands and meeting, you know, these permaculture experts and kitchen chemists and different people, the energy that you put into something, just like the island of Maui, there's a definitive difference when you put good energy in a seed or anything you do where you're growing something or you you're you're putting something together. And I think that a lot of people truly don't understand, you know, that element of energy and frequency and what all goes into a specific product that we consume or we use in everyday life. Um, I think there's an element of molecular energetic structure that we're still trying to understand. And I don't think running from it with technology is ultimately going to be the best thing for for human beings
0: let's get into a little bit of like where we are right now because i think this is going to be a long journey right from oh my gosh very long we're in the we're in the first inning of of sort of this the psychedelic sort of Real revolution in a lot of different ways. But there's been studies, right? John Hopkins, others, what severe PTSD, uh, anxiety, there's some real evidence here that sort of micro dosing, getting the correct dosage and being in, in sort of an environment can actually save people's lives, right? Am I, am I being overboard with that? Or it's like, what?
1: Oh, you're, you're, not, you're not you're not you're not being overboard but again there are people that are conducting research or putting out information in the media and optics where you know recently people have said specific things about microdosing versus placebo listen at the end of the day the reality of it is is a micro dose of of any type of synthetic product or any type of psychedelic product, not ketamine, but a true empowering psychedelic is going to have some type of a, an effect on somebody. What we're saying is that there are ways through proprietary extraction, as well as combining what I call nano super alkaloid to create medicines, at very low dosage that will allow people to have entourage experiences where they don't feel out of control. The reason The reality of it is when I look at indications that I want to work on, obviously autism, ADHD, PTSD, but I want a 90 year old person to be able to take Mm -hmm. this product Mm -hmm. where they can still feel some sort of happiness. I'll give you a great example. You know, my grandmother has been in her wheelchair for 40 years, two knee surgeries, two hip surgeries. I want her to have a day where she can feel good about herself. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we need to create product that are very low dosage. And again... Maybe they don't have that full psychedelic, you know, threshold effect on people where you're going into this deep journey. But gotta tell you, I don't think I would give that to most people. No,
0: I agree. I totally agree. I totally no, I totally agree. I think the the example you just mentioned was a beautiful example, you know. I think that is at scale an amazing thing to bring right to the world is, you know, at, at end of life sort of stages you can have these sort of beautiful moments, you know, that are comforting. And, you know, especially, you know, when people are dealing with like my mom, right? Like she was in horrible, horrible conditions, you know, in her, her last weeks, right? Living. And I'm like, why does she have to be in pain? Like unbelievably pain right now. Like, why is there not something here that can sort of help her disconnect and and be sort of, you know, safe and, and, and just be available to, to, to enjoy, you know, the last weeks, right, in some type of way. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very sort of, you know, disappointing not, not the right word, but, I wanted more for her, you know, in those last sort of you know days. and that was uh, th- this has amazing potential to to do some things for people. What is it like right now when you speak to people about the psychedelic space? Is it they're they're confused
1: that they don't they don't they don't understand it. I mean, I, I have to use a very base level example of fresh squeezed orange juice versus concentrate the the reality of it is 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 that people don't understand if somebody doesn't understand what type of oj they drink every day how Mm -hmm. the hell are they going to understand what kind of psychedelic product is is acceptable or what a good (laughs) company is in in the space i mean the problem in this space and again not to get negative is that (laughs) it, it has now become an optic fugazi biases Mm -hmm. where you can buy media, you can buy people off. Everything you do in this space is about pay to play. And it becomes really, really difficult when you want to do the right thing and you want to you want to actually, we say in Hawaii, be pono, have righteousness. And I will tell you, and and I say this in in the best of intentions, if I were to start over, I don't know if I would be going down this road again. I would -hmm. would in some crazy way, and and don't take that the wrong way, my dharma is to execute emotional intelligence ventures. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, people do know that I am going to figure out a way to, for there to be some type of subsidiary model where we make money in emotional intelligence ventures, but people have access to these medicines for very low cost to free. Mm -hmm. And I think that people need to be really, really clear that many of the companies that are, that are filing these, you know, to like (laughs) patent music and couches Mm -hmm. and they want to charge six to 10 to $25,000 a therapy session to bring people in. Well, let me just tell you what the insurance providers tell me. Yeah, that's that's a really long time away, maybe 2030, maybe 2035. You know, at the end of the day, access means that 50% of the humans in the US that don't have insurance can actually have access to these products for an actual amount of money that is realistic. And I know a lot of people have thought my dollar a dose number is crazy. It's not crazy.
0: Yeah, because we we touched on uh, emotional intelligence ventures. And I want to talk about like the roadmap. So I think it's it, it's important to talk about where you are right now and and where you want to be in the next, let's call it three, sort of three to five years. You know, wh- what do you envision through? I know it's been a long journey, years up to this point to even get to, yeah. to the point where you can sort of talk about roadmaps and talk about little victories and, and the hurdles that you leaped over to even get to this point. But wh- where do we go from here?
1: I, I would say in the next three years, I think for me, I would like to be at a stage where people can have some sort of access in a legal jurisdiction like an Oregon, a California, or a Colorado. And is that um,
0: going I, to like a, like you said, like a, a, ther- a, a therapeutic, therapy therapeutic yeah. Okay,
1: And I think that what we can do with apps like Calm or other apps yeah. that are, you know, somewhat yeah. in these spaces, I, I feel like we're going to have to figure out some type of virtual type of telepsychiatry type app where the, the reality of it is, is nobody wants to get on a phone and take a a a journey on a phone nobody wants to stare at a phone but to be able to get on the phone even to speak to somebody while you're going through this like vulnerable empathetic empathetic like moment and again i don't i don't want to give up our whole wireframe but there's a reason that an app like clubhouse has gotten so popular Mm -hmm. we are we are all souls we are all we all either have a voice or we don't have a voice, but we have an energy. And there's this element, good or bad, with Facebook that we we communicate now over the World Wide Web. And I think that we have to take what has been given to us in technology and be able to show empathy for these people that really need these products. I mean, I, I don't know what the the current metrics are today, but God, I I wish everybody that is contemplating suicide today could pick up the phone, take a microdose of of a really good psychedelic medicine, and somebody doesn't just take their life. Because I'm telling you, most people that I've talked to that want to take their life, there's a way for them to... Believe in themselves, and I and I do believe these medicines can do
0: that. And that's such a it's such a pl- a great place to start, right? For whether it's politicians and you know the legal structure to be like, look, we <laughs> these people are at the end, right? Like all the medicines have not helped. Let this be an, a chance to to do something, right? To to just make something happen in, in their life, and especially with severe PTSD, whether it's our military veterans, you know, whether it's Know, people of of older age or, or just destitute individuals like seems to be that this would be a, a right like a right way to go right like this should be a legal outlet for people to make their own decisions to do something like this to help them save their life you think so
1: <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I think I think at the I think at the base level it's like earth earth is this matrix that was given to us for free And what we've done with Earth is we've, you know, when you hear the stories in Hawaii of the last hundred years and when people came here to teach religion and to, like, take the land from the locals, which, you know, there's many different stories of how that happened. But, you know, a lot of locals here lost land. You know, we have a law here that is so important. It says that all beaches have to have public access there's no private beaches. Mm -hmm. And I think that as simple as that is, the land is free. Nobody wants to abuse the land, but we should be able to use this land and the gifts that the land has given us to empower ourselves. And I think that Till I was exposed to the botanicals and the nature and the neutral density that I found here on the Hawaiian Islands, I didn't understand that. I didn't know how much the land had to give us. And, And my feeling, and again, this is way out there. I believe that this earth has, has everything to solve all diseases and everything else. Right. That's my truth.
0: I want to chat a little bit about decriminalization, legalization. <laughs> you had mentioned a couple of states bef- before. Where, yeah. And I know you talk with you know, nonprofits and sort of leaders in the policy space trying to figure this stuff out. Where are we kind of at right now? How many states are there? Maybe that there's stuff on the ballot.
1: I think decriminalization is great. I think the problem with decriminalization is people get the wrong idea. They're not educated. And, you know, people all of a sudden think, okay, uh, ready (laughs) to get into the shroom farming business and going to start selling magic mushrooms. I get a lot of emails and a lot of messages from a lot of people. And I think, you know, the misinformation is I think decriminalization was phenomenal at, you know, when Kevin Matthews got it done in Colorado, and it, it spread across the country, what is phenomenal is actually allowing people to the capitalistic mindset or this are the idea of putting money into something where it becomes a business and it can grow, you have to be able to do that to actually have access and I love the nonprofit models, but like it is so important right now that Oregon gets this right. And they don't allow what I call Death Star to come and influence people negatively to not allow this botanical access model. It's really important that we don't allow people to patent, you know, things that come from the land. It's, it's, such, a, yeah. it's
0: such an important, you know, it's such an important comment. And, and talk about that. It, people are, are trying to, or are they successful? <laughs> like I mean... patenting, you know, Mother Nature, essentially. It's it's just wild. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, I get calls from people that tell
1: me that, you know, I'm going to get sued. I I got investment bankers telling me that my competitors are telling me that they're going to sue me and, you know, that, you know, we're never going to make it and that this idea of botanical medicines, it's a pipe dream. And again, again, not trying to throw anybody under the bus. But I love how I love Hawaii and big wave surfing. And I'm going to go on a tangent here. (laughs) a lot a lot of we we always say you get to the parking lot everybody's shit talking a little we call it talking story but everybody knows on the paddle out you perform in the water (laughs) and, and and at the end of the day, let everybody bring what they got to the table and let's see how they perform in the water. Mm. I I think all the shit talking and everything else uh, enough is enough. Let's let's actually take this back to like helping people. And I think that there's an element of bad actors And people that, you know, they call it scorch earth, that want to, that want to, that think the idea of patenting everything and that the pharmaceutical model works, it doesn't work. We know that.
0: How can that part change for the better though? Is that, that has to come from the States though. I mean, it has to, like, like you said, Oregon is an important player here because they have a chance to be a case study for good or for bad, I guess. When does, when does that sort of case studies star for Oregon. Is it is it already starting? Do you see positive they're,
1: they're, they're work, they're working things, co- I mean, things they're, they're, coming out they're, of there? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of I think I think the reality of it is because we were mixed up in some of this last year uh, in terms of trying to get us involved in like side deals with people and, you know, people that there's a, uh, how would I put it? There's a lot of side hustle in this industry. I, I think the best way to say it without you know throwing anybody under the buses when you see specific people being portrayed as you know certain actors of psychedelics and certain companies are funding certain you know mm-hmm. initiatives and big yeah. name people there, there's a lot of side hustle
0: going on well I guess we'll end on <laughs> optimistic things what are, what are you optimistic about it, it sounds it sounds like you're in a really good mindset and a really good place where oh I'm, I'm you have, you have some copy yeah has, oh, right. some confidence oh I, some confidence I, I, that, I, that things are I, gonna work out well. I'm so com- I'm so
1: confident Grant. I mean <laughs> I think if, I think if you would have talked to me a while ago which we talked I was definitely you get beat up along the way you get some you sure. get some scars. you get some scars from the ocean floor <laughs> the reef hits sometimes <laughs> what I do believe is I believe that the universe delivers. I think that the glass is half full, you know, it, it always works itself out. Yeah, I believe at the end of the day, we're in a different... I'll leave you on this 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 part I look at my children's eyes and I see a new day a new dawn a new energy I see this this world these new light workers that are coming and and I'm and I'm excited and that's my faith that I have every day when I work on this is I look at the pictures of my children I look them in the eyes and I say okay there there's we're evolving as human beings change happens not too long ago and don't take this the wrong way there was the holocaust there was slavery those things happen in the last 100 years mm-hmm. and things shift and you know, as we say in Hawaii, it's uh, go back to the land, go back to go back to what earth has given us, go back to these things that are that are the constant, you know, they make you feel good. That, that's what I appreciate about being here. It, it keeps me centered from a world that is sometimes very dark and dreary.
0: Yeah, no, it's a different world out there. And I think the idea is to try to take a micro dose of Hawaii to people.
1: You you just you just hit it on the dot. That's, I'm going to <laughs> you can take that you can take that i'm gonna steal that from you (laughs) yes and even even the way people say it hawaii aloha aina there's an energy of this culture and of these people and i think sometimes we forget we are a very young country we are we are not so evolved we don't know all the answers Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's go back to where it you know go back to the land and you know one of the first people that told me that was ram das i was sitting in a kombucha bar and he goes talking to a bunch of people in this kombucha bar in haiku and he goes go back to the land <laughs> and, I, and I you know i just come to maui
0: and i was like go back to the land okay thank, thank you so much david of course it's been amazing my brother i'm so glad we finally got to do this at a Definitely. time where things are going to start to ramp up for, you know, for the industry and you specifically with with all the ventures that you have. Best of luck um, this year and in the future, my man. Yeah, it's good to hear from you.
1: I hope Amsterdam is treating you well.